Hi friends, I'm Molly, your host for today, and thanks for listening to Relief from Darkness, where we're having conversations with people who've walked out of various mental health issues and straight into freedom. Today we'll be hearing from Allie and her experience with whirling and racing thoughts. Allie is a leadership school graduate from the LA Dream Center and is currently a social work student and missionary volunteer staff at No Boundaries International, where she has served for the last two years. Hi friends, welcome back to Relief from Darkness where we are exploring um, various mental health aspects and distorted thought processes, where we're talking with real-life people who are sharing real-life testimony about the things that Jesus has walked them out of. My name is Molly, and today we're going to have Allie on the show, where she's going to be talking about her experience with whirling and racing thoughts. And then also joining us today, we have our very own brain geek, yes, Dr. Lori Basie. Hi, guys. And then we have our great friend, Carly, who's going to be helping facilitate some questions. So with that, Carly, can you go ahead and give us the rundown on what whirling thoughts are, what racing thoughts are, what that might look like? Absolutely. So basic definition of whirling thoughts are when the mind uncontrollably brings up thoughts. And sometimes they can be in the form of memories or things that you're thinking about. It switches between them very quickly, so they're typically fast-moving, repetitive, and most of the time very overwhelming. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're about single-topic things, or other times it's about multiple subjects or topics. Oh. Yes. So we're really excited to hear from Allie today. She is an incredible friend of ours. So Allie, can you tell us about your experience with whirling thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first, thank you for having me. I'm super excited yeah. to be talking about this today. Um, so for me, that definition, I mean, describes it to a T. So definitely probably end of last year into 2020, um, I was really in this place where I had was trying to work through things and, and really just didn't feel like I was getting anywhere and just a lot of confusion. And I found myself in this place where I would wake up in the morning and it would just start and it would go throughout my whole day and it was just the same topics, the same thoughts every single day. And, mm. and it was like this paralyzing world. I mean, it really, yeah. whirling thoughts is the best way to put it. It's mm-hmm. like this going through the same thing without any resolution or any relief. And really, the thoughts weren't even all that true. But to me, they felt so true in the moment. And so I remember showing up to work sometimes and literally I would not have any idea what I did my entire shift because I was so caught up in the world of my brain that I was nowhere near present in the world around me. Yeah. And so it was this almost like torment, if if you will, inside my own head that yeah. no one could see. And really people, some people were aware and some people had no idea that it was happening inside of me. And so it was really this really dark place that felt so heavy in that mm-hmm. season. And so that's pretty much what it looked like for me. Mm. And how did it affect your relationship with people or your faith? What did that look like? Yeah, man, it was hard. So with people, I mean, when I am whirling, I'm not cognitively connecting to anybody. I'm so in my own world. I was so in another space in life. And so with friendships and relationships, I mean, it just put a strain on them because I couldn't be present for the people I cared for. And they didn't know how to help me either because I didn't even know how to communicate what was happening inside of my head. And so it really disconnected me. And honestly, by my own choice in that, I got so caught up in it, I had begun to isolate. And so Mm -hmm. because I was believing all these things in my head that I was whirling with were true, or that I was going to have all these mistakes or I was going to do all these things that were wrong, I really withdrew to almost self-protect 
myself from other people. And so I think it really impacted that. And, and with faith, I mean, same, I, I began to retreat from the Lord because I was so fearful of what he would say or so fearful in that season of who he was because I was believing or going thinking all these thoughts that had no truth to who he actually was. And so I think in the self-protection of wanting none of the thoughts to be true, I withdrew from everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That would feel super isolating or it just seems like you're just stuck in the center and then there's just all of these things that feel out of control. And so of course, like if people can't see that something's going on or whatever, like Mm -hmm. then I, the thing to do would be to isolate. So yeah, thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Basie, so can you go ahead and give us our favorite part of the show, which is the brain dump? Oh my gosh, Molly, this is a perfect topic to talk about the brain. There are really two things that we need to know that produces all kinds of anxiety. And those two things are that we either have a top-down or a bottom-up approach to anxiety. And the bottom-up is that we have things from our past that invade our present, and we're not even consciously aware of it, which is not what Allie's talking about. What Allie's talking about is a top-down thing that actually creates all kinds of havoc in our life. And so the first thing we have to understand is that the Bible is really clear about what we're allowed to think about, things that are pure and praiseworthy and noble and just and right and lovely. Mm -hmm. And if we're not, then something's up. And we kind of negate that in our culture and in our community. But that's how we know those are the warning lights or the symptoms that something is seriously wrong. And if we don't pull over and check underneath the hood when a warning light comes on in our car, Well, we can keep driving, but eventually something's going to really come to a screeching halt. And so in the midst of all of this, then Allie's thinking about things. Now what's happening in the brain, I'm sure you're wondering, and I'm glad that you're asking because (laughs) here is what I'm going to tell you, is that little thing called the amygdala, the almond-shaped warning light and indicator in our brain that Molly refers to as the Amalama Ding Dong. It is firing. And because of the things that Allie was thinking about, it literally caused the, the warning light or indicator in her brain to fire, which released all of these chemicals, which caused her not to be present in the moment, which in fact then She had a hard time connecting. She had a hard time being present. She had a hard time. She would have a hard time learning anything new because she's literally in fight, flight, or freeze in the midst of that. And it's simply because of the things that she thought about. And so in the midst of all of this, we actually have CPR for whirling thoughts. And so the first thing that she described is, is that she wanted to isolate. She's whirling. She's got all of these things circling All of the chemicals in her body have been released with the mind-body connection. She's just in fight or flight. And the first thing that she has to do is stop and realize that she needs to connect. She needs to have a safe place to actually dump, as we affectionately refer to the brain dump, dump all of those things that are in her mind the things that she's whirling with and thinking about she's got to have someone safe that she can connect to and get those things out and in the midst of that when she does that one of my favorite questions after connection if she's got someone that's safe it seems real to her but she needs to then ask that person true or not true 
And mm-hmm. she needs yeah. to process through and go through the things that she's worried about. It said that 92% of the things that we worry about never, ever come to pass. 8% actually come to pass, but they're not as bad as what we worried about. And the thing is, is that if we worry about something, if we whirl from something that we're anticipating bad that's going to happen in the future, or if we whirl from something that's happened in the past, every time we think about that negative event, our body produces the exact same chemicals as if it was happening. And so we need to understand the psychoeducation of that. We have to get rid of those thoughts. We need to get those thoughts out. And then we literally have to discipline our brain about what we will think about and what we won't. Because what we behold, we become. And if we're beholding negative events, if we're beholding whirling, then that's what our life is actually going to portray. And so then as we connect, then we know the psychoeducation that our fight, flight, or freeze, our stress response, our survival response is activated. And then we have to structure our routine so that we're exercising, so that we're processing through the things that we're worried about, that we find out who taught us to actually think like that. And then we have to discipline ourselves and incorporate the discipline into our routine about simply what we will think about and what we will not. Wow. That was a lot. (laughs) Really good. Um, Okay. So Allie, can you just share with us a little bit about how you did dump these whirling thoughts yeah. off and how Jesus met you in it. Yeah, man, it really was a dump. Um, so <laughs> I don't know, can I say that on the podcast? You can. Bad Molly looks. does. So go ahead. <laughs> um, so really, I mean, there was some practical strategies I feel like the Lord really used. And so, I mean, Lori said it best. The first was you've got to stop isolating. And so yeah. for me, it had to be coming clean with what I was thinking about, even if it felt like if this thing is true, my life is over. If this thing is true, my life is over. I had to be be honest and be real and what started with the people around me. And yeah. so getting a mentor and a close friend for me were two of the best things to just, here's really where I'm at and this is what I'm thinking and this is what I am paralyzed with fear about. And then there's really practical tools. And so actually at that time, I'm so thankful. I actually had Dr. Lori Basie who was able to give me practical tools and through the journey of restoration of regulation and getting back into the present. And mm-hmm. so really the goal was grounding my feet into what was happening around me and yeah. stopping the thoughts of either what was in the past or what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so one of my favorite things, I went to Sam's Club one day and they bought me a thing of 250 pieces of double bubble bubble gum. <laughs> it was, I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? No one can ever chew that much, but it's actually been super helpful. Yeah. Um, and so a quick tool and technique is um, taste, smell, touch, sensory. So you want to smell the gum, you want to feel the wrapper, you want to sit and read the wrapper, look at the colors. And so as you're seeing there, that's what you're getting your brain to focus on. So you're it's a blue wrapper with yellow words yeah. and it feels really waxy. And then you're going to pull out the gum and you're going to taste the gum. What does the gum taste like? And it just starts to calm you down. And so sometimes I would literally have to sit there and do that over and over and over again until I had bring, 
come to a place where I was centered back into real life. And then from that place, I could breathe for a little while and then text a friend and say, hey, real or not real, this is what I was just thinking. Mm -hmm. But when you're in it and you're trying to, then it doesn't matter what anyone says. It's not going to penetrate. And so I think it's just super helpful to get yourself to that place of regulation first and then seeking that and then really grounding yourself in the Lord's truth. And so going back to um, a mind who has stayed on him is has peace, right? So I'm steadfast, my mind to stay on Christ. And so same with, is it pure? Is it praiseworthy? Is it lovely? Is it just? And so I think in that season there, there was a lot of practical tools and then a lot of people that just had to speak life and, and really just had to begin to cut off like the, the, the bad and skewed pictures of the Lord that I had where I remember one time my dad looked at me and he was like, Allie, that's not God. Like he's a loving father and he would never punish you like that. Like he's going to bring you in close. And, and so just breathe, like just take a second to breathe. And, and so hearing those things, it was kind of like, I just had to trust the people that I knew really were walking with the Lord more than I trusted what was happening inside my own head. And then begin to get the practical chewing the bubble gum saying the things that are around you in a room. I see a brown armoire. I see a picture on the wall. There is green tile on the floor. Whatever those kind of things are, are really, really helpful Mm -hmm. for um, kind of beginning to be able to walk through that healing of where did the whirling thoughts stem from and how can we get those out? So with that, have there been any, like in that walkout process, was there any like major truths that were revealed or any lies that you know that were broken off that you'd like to share with us? Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm still in this walkout process, honestly. I think um, mm-hmm. one thing I want to encourage anybody that's listening to this, that it's not a one and done thing. Yeah. I mean, there are still some days, even this morning, I had to catch myself, we're in worship, and I was sitting there just trying to process through these things, and I had to have this moment of, hang on, like, where are my thoughts? Like, calm down. Yeah. This isn't true. Yeah. Back up. Realign. And just breathe. And I think in that, really something the Lord has just been stirring inside of me is really what does it look like to trust Him? And Mm -hmm. so for me, I was trusting my own beliefs. I was trusting my own understanding of situations or what people were saying or however that was. But really, He just says that we can rest in Him and we really can trust Him. And so what does that look like if I'm not dependent on Allie anymore and I'm really dependent on Jesus? Then what does that look like to depend on Him for my destiny, to depend on Him for my life, my calling, my resources, my finances, my friendships, my community, and even the things that we long for? Like for me, it's connection and love and joy and peace. And so I think beginning to shift that, that truth of knowing that He is trustworthy, of knowing that even if I don't feel it or see it, His Word is true. And mm-hmm. so I can keep coming yeah. back and depending on that. And so I think finding key scriptures that of things maybe that people struggle with um, is really, really beneficial as well. And not being afraid to ask a mentor to help you find those scriptures, to help you engage in that way too. If you're if you're intimidated by the Bible, that's okay. Find somebody that wants to walk that process out with you and just have a buddy in it. So yeah. That's so good, Ali. And I think it... It's a beautiful picture of releasing control because yeah. the thoughts that start to whirl of worries or fears or whatever, whatever is trying to be controlled will never be yeah. really because we just can't control every single situation or outcome or what may or may not happen. But I just see that beautiful testimony in your life of just a release to him because you learned who he was and he is trustworthy. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm. So, so 
Yeah. So Dr. Lori, what about that walkout process stands out to you from the, the brain's point of view? There's a word SUDS that I want to introduce and SUDS stands for seemingly unimportant decisions. And so I think about what we think about. And a lot of times the statistic is that all of us spend about 30% of our time daydreaming and we're, we're captivated by movies and stories and all of those things. But we can't just allow any story or any movie line to play in our head. That seemingly unimportant decision about what we think about really makes or breaks where we're going to end up in the future. And it's actually the things that we think about and being transformed by the renewing of our mind that affect how we feel and then ultimately our behavior. And so I love to use the analogy, what if we had a recorder and for each of you listeners, we have been secretly recording everything that you've been thinking about for the last 72 hours and we're going to air those things on our podcast and we're going to fast forward and only get to the juicy parts. (laughs) What would you think about that? And so this is how critical it is. Many of us don't think about what we're thinking about, what we have to start. Mm -hmm. What are the things that are coming into our eye gates and our ear gates? And what are the things that we're whirling with and we're meditating on? And we, again, I think we just really have to discipline ourselves. And when we find ourselves, like what Allie did, she used a beautiful description of when she's in a cycle and she can't get out of it. And because of our seemingly unimportant decisions, it gets harder and harder to get out of those worlds, then we have to break that cycle. And the quickest way to break that is to regulate ourselves and to get into the here and now by I spy or by paying attention to the senses that we're experiencing in a routine environment so that we'll stop that cycle. But then long term over time, I think it's going to have to be the discipline of it's critical. It will make or break our lives, the seemingly unimportant decision about where I will let my mind wander. Hmm. Yeah. So, Dr. Lori, if you could give just one takeaway for a listener that's struggling with this, just one thing overall, what would that be? I think you've got to get it out in the open. Yeah. So if we tell you to then go uh, go into your quiet place and just think about why you're doing this and think about what you're thinking about, <laughs> then, ah. you're, then you're just going to whirl. <laughs> you're right. So I think, again, isolation and condemnation and shame is all from the enemy. And so it's either from God, our father, or from the, they, the biblical term is the accuser of the brethren. It's either mm-hmm. from good or evil. And so we have to, if we, if we knew the only thing that's worse than being confused is being confused in denial. Yeah. And so if we get that thing out into the open so that we can say real or not real, and then we admit to ourselves, then we're on the way to a walkout process. Awesome. So Allie, if you could give one takeaway for a listener who might be struggling right now with the very thing that you've been walking out of, what would you say? Yeah. Uh, So that brain takeaway was so good, man. Um, But if I could give them one takeaway, I think for me, it would just be hold on. So Mm -hmm. I actually, in that season, I mean, someone just spoke a lot of life and, and they just said, just stand firm. Stand firm in what you know is true of the Lord and stand firm in, in who He is. And and I had felt like the Lord had just completely left me. Like I was like, I have rebelled against Him. I have left Him. And I just, I mean, really, it was just darkness. Yeah. And so, but I think in that I couldn't see where His hand, His fatherly hand to never leave His children was still there. Mm. And so I think in that, my, I mean, there's just hope. 
you're not going to be suffering forever and the thoughts can actually stop and you can get better. And so I just want to impart that to you. If you're listening, if you're whirling, if you had a whirl right before this and you pulled up this podcast hoping that you were going to find something that just would stop it, A, I hope you go and do those techniques and I hope that helps. But really, I hope that they would just hold on and get in community. Mm. So that would probably be my takeaway. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much, Allie. It reminded me of the the old hymn, um, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love, but here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, steal it for thy courts above. And that's so beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, there's a reason why he tells us to take every thought captive. Yeah. And why, I mean, he doesn't say just some thoughts or, but it's every thought and to really then hold it up, Allie, how you were saying to just truth yeah. or even just holding it up to the word and saying, mm-hmm. this is the feeling and this is the thought, but Lord, here's what you've said is true. And then getting to partner with what you're going to choose to believe in until you can, right? Like until, yeah. until the feelings eventually come into alignment with the truth. So thank you guys for being here and Thank you for just the wisdom, Dr. Lori, of let's just think about what we're thinking about mm-hmm. and then tell someone. Because if we think about what we're thinking about and we don't isolate and we get it out there, we can literally change our brains. And if we can change our brains, then you'll change your life. Absolutely. So thank you guys for being here. And thank you, Allie, for sharing. And until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.